They say it takes a village to raise a child, but it feels like nowadays villages are just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. People are not offering their help as much as they used to before because it's just not commonly practiced. Government associations are getting bigger and bigger and bigger, yet the connections are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Megan offers this wonderful suggestion of just getting to know your neighbors. Challenge this week, get to know the names of three of your neighbors, just for the fun of it. Let's get back to Megan. I'm here, so okay. sorry. My mom just called. Oh, no. <laughs> and got cut off. So, so that you were popping your popcorn. I was popping. Super okay, so I'll, I'll back set back. So I was really happy that I had this time to make popcorn on the stove because it's my favorite kind of popcorn. But I wanted to make a maple butter, so I was like, I don't know how much butter I think a quarter a cup of butter or something with maple syrup, boil that up, and then when I pop the popcorn, I put that on. But as I was eating, I'm like, whoa, this is a lot of butter, and whoa, did I put a lot of salt? Like, that was crazy. So I was eating that while I was watching Netflix last night. And I was like, this is so much. And I was drinking water. And this morning when I pumped, I was like, I am so curious to know how my boob, how my milk tastes. Cause that right? was so much. And I'm not joking. I have maple buttered breast milk in my fridge right now. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's like, Hey buddy, here's some dessert. <laughs> much thanks for letting me take the reins on this on this lovely conversation um again for our listeners la leche league and you want to find a lactation consultant if you have uh, breastfeeding issues that you need help with and of course um we can we can support you you can contact us through the star parent podcast we can support you in any way that we can and we are hoping to uh, we're looking forward to expanding our support systems uh in the coming months so at the end of our recordings, we always ask our lit listeners, what does spiritual parenting mean to you? And whatever that answer is, just be it, live it, feel it, dream it, own it, love it. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are your parents? They are good. They're happy to see their grandbabies. Oh, yeah, I bet. And it's such a beautiful day out, too. It's cold, though. I know. I thought it was warmer. I went to go grocery shopping today, and I just wore, like, little leggings and some boots. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I was like, these a bad idea. Jeans. I need jeans on top of these. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had, um, I went to go and see the the mom for the um the overnights that I was doing and before the holidays so I, she just wants, wants me to come and help out during the weekend so she can have some time with her husband and stuff which is great and she's like would you be willing to go for a walk I'm like yes so I put on the socks and I put on the leggings and I put on the pants <laughs> and I put on this tank top and the sweater and the sweater on top yeah she's like no you're not going for a walk it's too cold <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just because it's like minus 19. So any skin exposed, especially for baby or child, uh, that runs a risk too, right? So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I so it was that. just a, nope. We're just going to yeah. stay nice and toasty. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. This part's probably going to be edited out. So we don't yeah. have to worry. I just wanted, I just figured I'd just send the link. So just in case we have anything juicy 
that we're talking about now, we can still add it. But mm -hmm. uh, I really love the breastfeeding feeding idea. I feel like it's on point right now. Yeah. And you have a lot of information to give. I'd like this to be under 40 minutes. Yeah. So I think this is good for both of us because um, we bring in a lot of stories. So if we could taper our stories so yeah. that we get, it's okay if we talk about one point for the whole thing, but ideally it would be great if we had multiple good points that we could always come back to and bring somebody else in. Like if we come to a part where we're like, we're stumped, you know what, let's, let's table this for another time. We can bring back an expert or somebody else to talk about it mm -hmm. to add more perspective to it. Mm -hmm. Cool. 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 Sounds good. Sounds good. Awesome. Now, do you want to host the podcast today? Oh my God. Sure. Ah, you'll take a seat. <laughs> And it's going to be good for me, too, because I'm so used to jumping in the front seat. And I'm like, no, I want to sit on the passenger side today just to feel that feeling and also to move things around, to shift things around as we're creating this, this container. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds All right. Good. So I'm going to let it, leave it up to you then. All right. <laughs> Welcome, listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Star Parent Podcast today. My name is Megan. I'm so happy to be your host for the first time I get to be the host today. But of course, I have the beautiful Lorraine Campbell with me, and she's going to be guiding me as I take the reins in this conversation. Good morning, Lorraine. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> I'm well, thanks. It's a cold, chilly day in Montreal, but it's super sunny, and I'm just really happy to be here with you, Megan. You know, I'm feeling the sun start, like the heat of the sun is starting to beat in through the windows. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling that just especially having that nice milder weather the last few days, I had the windows open and I could smell like it's coming. It's yeah. coming. So let's keep holding on. Yes. <laughs> we can oh, do yeah. this. Absolutely. But I'm thinking about all of these amazing new parents that are on this amazing new adventure um with their babies that are being birthed in this you know in this cold weather they're having to get to the hospital they're having to get home they're having to worry already about whether or not their baby is warm enough and getting enough and all of this stuff so i was thinking wouldn't it be lovely for us to talk about feeding our babies oh and, yeah and lorraine i know that you are still on your breastfeeding journey I am. This, even though it's my second child, I only breastfed my first son, Theodore, that I had at 15 until he was about nine months. And it wasn't as consistent as I am now. So I'm really cherishing this time that I'm breastfeeding Sparrow, who's almost 20 months now. Thank you so much. I was going to say, let's remind our listeners of how old yeah. this little one is. Yeah. So 20 months of breastfeeding. And how, if you could, if you could summarize it in, dare I say three words what would you say oh geez three words okay so I would say three words magical uh persistence and this is four words life-changing mm. mm. yes yeah. yes I love it yeah I, I also breastfed my two children. My daughter, I breastfed her for a year. And my son, I only got to about 10 months. We can talk about that a little bit later. But if I had to um, summarize it in three words, 
And I think um, I'm also putting on top of my, my thoughts, um, the experience that I have recently with, with families that are feeding their children. And I want to, I want to make it very, very clear before we get into this whole conversation, fed is best. As long as your child is fed, that is what is important. Mm -hmm. Lorraine and I have the experience of breastfeeding. So that's what we're mostly going to be talking about today. But for you parents out there that are formula feeding, because that is what works best for you, rock on. You keep doing, you keep on keeping on because at the end of the day, fed is what is the most important for our babies. Absolutely. I just want to add to Megan for our listeners. My first child was mainly formula fed. I think I just hung on to the breastfeeding idea for all different types of reasons, which we'll get into later. But mm. I, I have that experience of both the formula baby and the breastfed baby. And I can talk about both of them. So, Oh, thank you. I'm so yeah. glad you do. I didn't even, I did, I did, didn't even occur to me that he was yeah. also formula fed, but there are so many babies nowadays yeah. that are both breast and formula fed. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amazing. So I didn't even say my three words. Um, my three words I think are going to be throw out time. <laughs> say that again throw out time <laughs> throw out time okay <laughs> the the schedules oh the right schedules that people are on oh you want to go into I, that i find i mean i find that it's making and, and in my readings too i'm doing a lot of readings for my doula work and and my um my postpartum and birth doula practice and and the thing that I see more and more, and I'm seeing it in my experience as well with the families, is that they're being told by medical professionals, clock, 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 time your contractions, time the naps, time the feeding. You should feed for 15 minutes one breast and 15 minutes on the other, and then you should formula feed, and then you should pump for an hour. And, then, and, and it's like, okay, but if we're staring at the clock, we're not taking the cues from the baby. And, mm. and ultimately, like the baby, if the baby's hungry in an hour, why, why would we wait another two hours before feeding them? You know, oh, you can't be hungry now, but sometimes we are. Sometimes we eat a whole bunch and sometimes we want to break for a few hours and then we want to eat again, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's this, uh, this schedule, like rigid schedules that I, I'm, I'm trying to understand the logic behind. But time is a mad main thing. Mm-hmm. And we humans are more than that. We didn't make ourselves. I mean, we do now because of the process of, um, uh, what's it called? The process of uh, evolution and, and how we, you know, reproduc- reproduction, that's the word. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. It's funny that you're saying that because what came to mind when you're sharing that about the cues of the baby? Because I was preparing for this conversation yesterday, and I was thinking, trying to reflect on what was the main, what are the main things that I love about breastfeeding, and it brought me to the eye contact, my the the that connection that I had with my second son Sparrow, that I have now when we make eye contact while we're feeding. Yeah, I. It's like we've been it's like we've been communicating since the first day that he was born. Mm-hmm. I strongly believe that they babies can communicate in an, in an, in as in the same way that adults can do with limited motor um, control. Yeah. 
and and they're capable of 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 knowing what they want and communicating that. And of course, because they're limited, we don't receive the information. But yeah. with eye contact, you can. There's actually studies that show when a child is disinterested in something based on their their eye movements. Yeah, they look away. Yeah, exactly. They look away. Yeah. And for the breast, they 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 latch off. Yeah. Um, that's a good way of saying that they're they're not ready. And if you bring a child close to your chest and they're wanting to feed, there's a there's not necessarily that they're hungry to because Sparrow's at the age now where sometimes he wants to boob for comfort. Oh yeah. And that's yeah. something from newborn as well. They boob for okay. comfort a lot. And it's protection. They want to know. They'll literally hold the breast and and cuddle with it because they know this is my source of food. I can hear the heartbeat that I've been listening to for the last nine months. I can smell my mom, my my parent, my birth giver, and and I know that this I am safe and I am okay and I can be at rest now. But if you take mm. me away from this boob, I will not be happy. <laughs> You yeah. Know? Yeah. And that brings me to like what I was thinking about the skin to skin. Because mm -hmm. even like, okay, so yes, even if you do take the baby away from the boob, and it's possible that baby can't be on boob all the time, but can be skin to skin mm -hmm. with another primary caregiver. Yeah. I remember when Sparrow was in the hospital, I was fortunate to have my partner with me at the time, even though it was during COVID, or sorry, my bio dad me with me at the time um even though it was during covid uh that skin to skin contact that sparrow received mm. it i remember the nurses coming into the uh the hospital room like a few times saying oh you should put the baby in the crib you, know, you shouldn't fall asleep with the baby on you and I'm, we just looked at each other like Girl, you better leave this room because you ain't yeah, gonna right. tell us that. <laughs> we're good. Yeah, exactly. Thanks. We're we're on baby number two, the both of us. We know how yeah. this goes, okay? We got this. Yeah, yeah. So like when you're talking about the schedules and stuff, like, yes, listen to what your doctors and pediatricians and nurses are saying, but also have a plan of your own that you think is gonna work for you. Yeah, and take the bits of information that you get and see this one works. This one, not so much. I'm going to leave that one as it is, you know. Um, there's also something I wanted to add about the eye contact. Mm. Did you know that we all know babies don't have their full vision when they're born, right? Right, yes. But what they can see, the distance that they can see is from the breast to the face. Mm -hmm. So even as newborns, if they open their eyes and they're looking at you while they're at breast or at the bottle, even just in that space, that safe crook of your arm that's been made to cradle a baby's head so that they don't get that flat head, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's that you can rest assured that baby can see you, that baby can see your face. And yeah. it is, and it is what a miraculous thing, you know, did, did you ever hear that, um, that little story of, of the the baby inside the womb and or the twins inside the womb and they're talking to each other like oh, I don't know if I want to leave this place because yeah. they say that, it's, that it's a much brighter cold world out there and and but how do we know like how do we know that we'll even survive what are we going to do and they're like no it's okay there's someone out there that's going to take care of us and it's a higher power but we have to we don't we've never seen her before but we have to believe that she's there we're going to call her mom 
<laughs> you know and it's like I just thought it was so nice <laughs> yes it's it's so interesting too when babies do arrive how already connected they are with the outside world mm-hmm. I feel like inside the mother's womb there's so much information that we transfer to our babies already True. about the outside world before they come like just our foods the foods that we eat while we're yeah. pregnant yes develop our baby's palate the milk yeah. that we eat the milk the the food that we eat while we're breastfeeding same thing it develops our baby's palate and like what they're going to eat and like in the future as well like the sound and also it could affect them adversely even though we want to be eating all the broccoli because broccoli is really good for you it could give the baby gas yeah yeah be careful exactly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah the senses like the we use our senses to make sense of this world and babies just remind us of that because they're developing so quickly in the first year we're like completely completely as as men as humankind we're fascinated by this and i'm realizing the reason why we're so fascinated with babies and i don't know if you agree with me or not i think it's because we don't spend enough time learning about babies yeah we don't spend enough time and that's why it's so oh my god look how good it but if we spend enough like if we spend a lot of time, like we know a lot about 12 year olds, we know a lot about 10 year olds, mm-hmm. like, oh, it's 10 year olds. But if we spent more time learning about babies, we wouldn't be so fascinated. We would be more like, how can we support them more? Yeah. How can we create a system where people can stay home and if they choose to breastfeed their children or not, or just have skin to skin time, but not being stressed about rushing back to work. You know, yeah. I've had children in my daycare of three months old. Yeah, starting. And I know I know some some children that have been sent to daycare at the age of three months because that was what the parents needed. Yeah, because that was what kept them in their best selves. And that's completely okay. Yep. But it's also important, like maybe it would be different if the parents of today had been raised in a community where we watched people give birth and we supported that and we watched breastfeeding and we were surrounded by it. So it's completely and utterly just normal and natural. Oh, I was like, yeah, it's cool. Yes. It's baby, baby's here. It's all fine. So would we be even less, like we wouldn't be as overwhelmed, I think, you know, if we think about tribes and communities where there is, there are babies being born all the time and, and children are present for it. They see it happening. They watch their, their parents you know feeding the, the children in, in the best way they can and and um and and everybody everybody takes part in raising this baby because it really does take that village mm-hmm. because mom and dad mom and mom dad and dad parents need desperately need to be allowed to have that break to have that rest and yet we live in a society where you have a new baby and you're handed this baby going, okay, bye. Make sure to feed it every three hours. Bye. Let's check your mm-hmm. car seat. Okay, cool. Bye. And, mm-hmm. and there's no follow-up. I mean, what happens? What happens if part of a new baby, the arrival of a new baby, there's something from your community. Some people have new baby baskets, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what if in that new baby basket, there was three hours with a postpartum doula? Oh God. Yeah. That would be so helpful. I had a CLSE nurse come by yeah, and she just gave the basic like stuff that I'd learned when I was 15. Like I, yeah. 
wanted to learn more, you know, because I, I learned the bre- my breastfeeding method through the Robin Thompson method online, mm. uh, just because I didn't I like the ones that I had when I was, was had Theodore. I didn't like mm-hmm. the way I was taught to breastfeed. Wow. Um, so one of the things that came up that I wanted to talk about before I forget was the way we view breastfeeding, like even as women, okay? Yeah. And I, it's so, it's such a, in a relationship to women in power because yeah. I find as women are raising in power, we're almost like some are mimicking the style of power of the masculine, of the male. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're defying all they're not denying all parts feminine. Like I'll give you an example. I I'm very forward with my listeners about the situation I'm going through with right now, personally in my life. And I was in court the other day and we had a female judge, my female lawyer, my ex's female lawyer, myself, four through females in this conversation and one male. And I'm describing how I had to breastfeed in a public space to soothe my child during a transition with her father. Mm. And right away, I was blasted by my ex's lawyer. Why would you breastfeed in public? Why didn't you just do that at home? How dare you eat in public? And the judge, not even, yeah, exactly. How dare you eat in public? Just kind of nodding her head in agreement. And, And I was just like thinking, you guys don't have any children. I can just see it in your eyes. None of you have children of your own to understand how much of a blessing it is to have two boobs at hand, instant milk on tap. And when your baby's upset or child is upset, you can just put them on and they're calm. And that's exactly what happened. After I finished boobing Pharaoh in that public space, he was super confident. He was ready saying goodbye to everybody. Tears all gone and ready to move forward. It was just that I couldn't believe that two women in power situations completely, um, I don't know, eliminated that connection that they have with their own body to nurture somebody else. Like they were just completely disconnected. It's so shocking because, and that just shows what kind of patriarchal society we live in, right? Where where even, um, and for so long, you know, choices of women were, were um, limited by what the men wanted. Right. And so in a sense, like birth had been birth and breastfeeding had been taken away from us because it was like, Oh, well, if you want, if you want to work, then you have to go to work. Can't, can't take care of your baby then, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And so formula was brought in and it was started becoming like a a, a thing of privilege. If you can formula Mm -hmm. feed your child. So our parents, our grandparents, you know, were, were probably bottle fed. Um, And so now we're, we're taking birth back where we're starting to tell people like, yeah, you know what? Doctors are going to say what the doctors are going to say, especially if they're men, they're going to, you know, do what they can to be in control of the situation and fix the problem for you, little lady. You don't know how to do this. I've studied this. I know your body better than you, better than you do. And I know your baby better than you do, but it's like, that doesn't make any sense because Mm -hmm. The, the coercion too, the, um, the, the, the language, the vocabulary that, are, that is just fearful. You know, if you don't do this, then your baby could, I don't even want to finish that sentence, right? Mm-hmm, because we've, mm-hmm. we've all heard it in one form or another. How could you do this to your baby? It's like, but this is, my baby's fine. Gaining weight, filling diapers. Mm-hmm. I, 
you know, like, what? What do you mean? And then you question, as a parent, you question every single thing you're doing because someone somewhere doesn't approve. And so, and it's so hurtful. It's so hurtful hurtful. when it's other when it's other women. Yeah, that's the part that's just gobsmacked me. It's like, are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. And and it's, um, and and it's the men that I find that so far, like in the public spaces, that are like, yeah, sure, sit down. You need to feed. Go ahead. Right. No, no problem. And I don't know if it's maybe because I'm whipping out the boob, but they're just like, sure, just no problem. Yeah. (laughs) There was a story that I read recently of um, a girl saying, like, you know, a woman saying that she had just had her new baby and she had to breastfeed the baby. And she looked at her father and said, I need to breastfeed my baby now. And he's like, no problem. He got up and he left the room and he came back as she was still feeding he she said okay you can come back in now like i'm set up you know because the baby does cover a lot like you're not walking around like tits flying in the air Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and and he came (laughs) back and he just took a minute and looked at his daughter and said i need you to know that that is one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen in my entire life yeah and she said from then on i never asked him to leave the room again you know, and there are still there are still stories that you hear of women that are so uncomfortable with another woman breastfeeding. You're making my husband uncomfortable. Like, yeah. no, I'm making you uncomfortable. Clearly, <laughs> you know, there was um, another story that I had read where there was this is fantastic. There was um, a couple walking in the park, you know, man and woman mm-hmm. and and a mother sitting on a bench breastfeeding her baby. And the, the woman of the couple goes up to this mother and says, put that away. You're making my husband uncomfortable. And the woman looked at her and went, oh, yeah, and squirted breast milk in her face. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is equivalent of what you told me, that story where that man coughed in a woman's face. Right. You guys were lining up for vaccine. For, like that's for, a no, no, for COVID assault. test. COVID, COVID testing. Test. Yeah, yeah, COVID testing. That, that's a little oh. bit aggressive. Yeah. Oh, I'm my like, God. That's not, you know what I keep, I keep thinking about too? I was I thinking about this yesterday because I was thinking about when I had Theodore, it's kind of a segue to a new topic. Uh, when I had Theodore and was bottle feeding him, more so bottle feeding than breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now to where I have spare, and I find breastfed houses are so set up so differently than bottle fed houses, especially the kitchen. Like yeah. I find when there's no bottles, I have so much more counter space and oh, more yeah. working room in my yeah. kitchen, like sterilizing them and washing them and all that crap. I was like, thank God I don't have to do that. Like I just, yeah. Uh, yeah. It takes up so much time. So I was, yeah, I was thinking about the bottle fed. I had to learn best- about bottles when I became a doula. I was like, right. Bottles are a thing. Yeah. What do I, yeah. what do I do? What's the warmer? What do I click? I don't want to break it. Like, yeah, why not wash bottles? And and now I'm, you know, it's it's a super easy, fast thing right. to learn. And you adapt, you know, you adapt, you adapt, yeah, you adapt. Of course. Of as course. we are human beings, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I want to definitely make sure that our listeners know, like Lorraine's older son that had apparently more formula than breast milk. Um, he is he is a thriving kind generous human being you know fed is best we just yeah. we need to feed the baby yeah <laughs> so, absolutely so well, let's yeah. talk about let's talk about the formula because um i mean i have i have some experience now with formula not necessarily with my own children um but uh but i see 
babies fully thriving, fully thriving on formula and doing really well, really well. So tell me about Theodore and the, your formula experience. Um, like I said, I was 15. I had Theodore and when right from the hospital, they were wanting to give Theodore formula. And I didn't even know at the time that he was to be feeding from me right away. So mm-hmm. his first beverage was formula. Okay. Um, I don't even think he got the colostrum until maybe the second day or something like mm-hmm. that. So um, I was just misinformed at the time and also mm-hmm. feeling super aware of myself and critical because I was so young and, you know, I was actually my neighbor who was the nurse in the hospital at the time and she didn't actually like me very much. So having her come in and holding the baby and bringing him to me and knowing I just went through nine months of hell and you were living right across the street. It was like this whole weird feeling. So I guess my experience was I just need to give him this food. You know, I got to give him this bottle. And I, I noticed just with Sparrow, like I noticed Theodore had a lot of more runny noses, but he was in daycare too. Like yeah. he was more, he had more colicky. Like, and I think it has a lot to do with the digestive system because Babies' stomachs are so sensitive. And for some people, it doesn't work the first round of formula. You might have mm-hmm. to try multiple formulas before yeah. you find you the right the brand yeah, yeah. for your child. So it, that was hard to go through that phase of finding the right formula for, for, for Theodore. Uh, and, you know, sometimes he was constipated or sometimes he had diarrhea or sometimes you could just tell that he was struggling with his stomach. But once we got the right fit, it was easy. And anybody in our family, I'm the, I'm the youngest of five children, and all, all of my siblings helped to, to raise Theodore. So anybody could prepare a bottle for, for Theo, and it was easy. It was easy. But with Sparrow, I noticed a big difference. Like, let me just find some wood, knock on wood. He's, he's rarely sick. You know, he's like no stomach issues, never had diarrhea or constipation or anything like that. And mm-hmm. usually if he's got any stomach stuff, it's because of what I've eaten, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's what, how I monitor his, mm-hmm. his, um, his diet, but definitely notice a difference. Uh, it's just easier for me to breastfeed because I don't have to do all the extra stuff, Right. but there's still the pumping. Like when I, when Sparrow was younger and he was sleeping a lot more and I was filling up and feeling like pain, I had to pump. Um, and then I don't know about the listeners out there, but when I finish pumping or breastfeeding, I'm extremely exhausted. Like, do you mm-hmm. know why that happens, Megan? Um, like, that's a good question. Yeah. I know yeah. that as you are breastfeeding, you're supposed to have like food and water with you because it does, it is active work. You know, it is, it is something being drained from your body. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do need to make sure that you're keeping up your energy and that you're keeping up your hydration and stuff, especially your hydration. Like if you're sitting down to breastfeed, you need to have that glass of water right next to you. And if you don't have one, please stop listening to this right now and go and, and ask <laughs> someone, someone get me some water, drink your water. Yeah. All of you beautiful parents keep drinking your water and show our children that water is the elixir of life. You know, we mm-hmm. need to be drinking our water. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, it definitely, you know, it, it burns some calories. It, it's still, um, especially in the early days, it, it helps with the oxytocin flow that um, the letdown of the milk is the same thing that'll stimulate more contractions to keep your uterus going down to the proper size. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and it just, all of these good love hormones just coursing back and forth between the two of you. We should mm. definitely find um, that photo of, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but there's, it almost looks like the tree of life coming out of the breast, like rooted in yes, the breast and the leaves are in the baby's face. I think it's just such a stunning picture. Yes. Um, and I also want to put this information out uh, for our listeners. Um, we are not, we are not breastfeeding experts. We are breastfeeding experienced mothers. Um, I am learning more and more every day about it. And uh, and if you are looking for more information, please please visit La Leche League online um leche as in milk in spanish because there was a time where seeing the word breastfeeding in public was like inappropriate or ridiculous. Um, so la leche league was a group that was started by mothers to support each other in their breastfeeding journeys during a time where formula was the prevalent source of food for the baby um, and they have virtual meetups right now especially due to covid but there are meetings all over the world. I found out that in New Zealand, in New Zealand, they have 50 different chapters um, of different communities and areas and stuff. So you could meet other new parents in your circle and you're in your community and, and maybe end up being neighbors. You never know. Um, so please visit La Lechili. And, um, and if you do need help with your breastfeeding um, journey, please contact a lactation specialist or an IBCLC, an internationally board certified lactation consultant. Um, you can you can find those through an LLL Leche League uh, leader. They can put you in contact with those people. It's so important that we get the right support. I feel that I would have definitely breastfed my son longer if I had someone coming to me going, oh yeah, yeah, I definitely, it does hurt when he pinches, doesn't I can see your pain. I can see your frustration. Oh, the eczema was a hard thing. Okay, well now that's better. Let's try again because the less you're feeding him, the less your milk is going to be made. So let's let's give him that, make it to the year. You can do it, Megan, you know, but I was literally, um, he had, as I was saying, he had eczema on his face and that was really, just made everything really awful for a couple of months to the point where I feel like he had a little bit of developmental delay. Like he didn't sit up until about a month later, you know, a month mm-hmm. after the eczema had cleared up because he was just so lost in this moment of like, mm. I'm so uncomfortable. My face is so itchy and I'm making mm. myself bleed and this just hurts. So this poor, this poor little baby, people were asking me if he got burned. People okay. were asking me what I Yikes. did to him. Yes. Um, and then I had some parents come up to me and go, oh, eczema. I was like, yeah. you understand. Yeah. Oh, my God. So I found these um, these sleeves, these scratch-me-not sleeves that I could put on, and it would cover his little hands in a layer of silk. So if in his sleep he was scratching, he was only using the silk to touch his skin with. That you, gave me, you gave me them, actually. You gave me I a did. set. Yeah, the gray ones. I We used them with Sparrow when he was really, really young. But then after that, there was a... Uh, he teach, we just, he stopped using it and it's been a yeah. fine ever since. But yeah, and they I need remember to be that. that perfect size. And they go yeah. all the way to size six. For those of you that, that are looking yeah. into it, I'm, I'm annoyed that I waited so long to use them. Um, and I also yeah. had the creams from the dermatologist. So that helped, you know. But then it got to a point where he was like an aggressive eater. And maybe it's because I had a hard, emotionally difficult pregnancy. I went through a lot of things while I was pregnant with him. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I felt like I was, I'm growing this baby in a source of like sadness and anxiety. And so maybe that's why he's a little more of a heightened um, sensitivity, but he mm. would like, 
take he was he's strong just like his dad mm-hmm. and he would he would just grab pieces of flesh on my on my body and just squeeze and pinch as he was eating and he'd like rub my nipple between his teeth and he'd look at me and he's like smiling I'm like this is not funny (laughs) and to the point where at one point Steve was right next to me and I just grabbed his chest and I did exactly what my son was doing to me he's like how why would you do that I'm like you will feel my pain (laughs) (laughs) it was awful but I feel like I even told the the leaders yesterday because there was a lot of chili meeting yesterday I said had I had this group I would have probably felt more inclined to say okay like these are my problems someone help me okay Mm -hmm. let's give them a toy let's give them this instead let's try Mm -hmm. you know and then if we've tried everything and it's still not working, then, Hey, it's not working and it's fine. You know, it's fine to find an end together. But both times when I weaned my children off, it was a, it was a mutual decision, which was nice. Like I never felt too engorged. I never had to empty. I never had to, I never had the the pain of, of the ending of the breastfeeding relationship. Mm which I'm okay. glad. So. Yeah. See, that's where I'm at right now. Actually, that brings me to my next question, like my qu- question that I have for you um, at being a doula and like on your way to being a breastfeeding expert. Um, like we prepare our moms for prenatal, you know, education and mm-hmm. yes, there's postpartum support, but I want to be prepared for when I stop breastfeeding yeah. because I know that I'm going to feel a sense of loss. Like Sparrow's with his dad this weekend. And so I mm-hmm. see him tomorrow morning and I pumped this morning just because I wanted to be comfortable during the day. But from pumping, I can already feel my milk supply coming up mm-hmm. again. Yeah. And it's okay. like, yeah. yeah. So I just, I want to be able to know how can I prepare myself mentally and physically for when I do stop breastfeeding? Mm. Um. I only have my own experience to go by because as a doula, it's not often that we are called to help wean the child off. Do you know Mm, what I mean? Yeah, I get you. But I have, you know, I have a couple of of friends that told me their experiences as well. And one of them said, like, I'm trying to wean her off, but I'm so full and I don't know what to do. And so what she said is she would express a little bit to the point where she could stand it and she was comfortable again. But then that's Mm -hmm. it. She left it. She left the rest of the milk inside of her. So that it did eventually, the supply would eventually diminish. You know what I mean? Right. Um, For my own experience, I had, uh, I was working, I I ran a, when I ran the camp and my daughter's born in August, right? So I had, I was going to work and she was going to stay with her grandparents during the day while I was at camp. And then I would breastfeed her at night. I started only breastfeeding her at night. Mm -hmm. And then I remember it was, it was her first birthday. And I was sitting in the chair and I was holding her and I was trying to take a minute to like, understand you're a year old now. And I, and I know that this is coming to an end. This might be one of the last times. And so I took a minute to really like, just picture this baby in this beautiful situation, this moment with the sun coming in through her window and I'm sitting next to her crib and I'm, and I'm rocking her and I'm singing to her and I'm just, just picturing like, this is our relationship is going to grow from here. Mm-hmm. The future is really bright and beautiful for, for us, little one, you know. So even though this part is coming to an end, we're going to have our 
our moments together and and the milk kind of dried up on its own and mm-hmm. and I also recognized like I need another way to put this baby to sleep yeah <laughs> I need that. so I started I started making sure I'd wear shirts to bed every night so if she did climb into bed with us she didn't have she wasn't tempted she saw that mm-hmm. it was covered yeah um, and I uh yeah, I just, it, sometimes it was like just less and less every night. And then eventually I was like, okay, we're going to do some songs. And I know mm-hmm. you want that, but we're going to do something else. And there's other things that we can do and it's fine. And then at one point I do like a little bit of breast milk, maybe in the morning, but then not so much at night so that I could know that I could put her down for a sleep. <laughs> right. That's actually a really good idea. Like doing, cause that's what I've been doing lately is doing the bedtime routine upstairs so that when yeah. we go downstairs, it's to sit on the potty, brush your teeth, say goodnight, bed. Yeah. Versus me being downstairs for like 40. Remember I called you one time. I just finished breastfeeding. I was there for 40 minutes. Like I just like yeah. <laughs> lying there like a like a sow. It feels like I, I'm just lying there. And then, and then I fall asleep. And I'm like, I don't want to go to sleep right now. Like I got right? stuff to do. Yeah. So it's better that I boob him upstairs. So that makes sense. It's just changing the routine a little bit. Yeah. So that it's um, you prepare yourself for that that transition. That's a really yeah. really good advice. Yeah. And then and then allow yourself to to mourn that you know because yeah. it can be hard. It can be a sad moment. So I mean I have I have these journals that I started for them. I never you know I was given baby books and stuff, but I felt like there was a lot of information that I I was like, why are you asking me this? I don't want to answer this question. I'm not going to remember when the tooth came in on which date. Like and it makes yeah. I don't want to look at this book that is mostly empty and feel like I failed them somehow in keeping track of their growth. You know. Mm-hmm. So I, I I just took journals that were empty while I was pregnant and I started writing them letters and so now every time I get something like a little piece of paper or a card or something I'll stick it into their journal and I'll give it to them one day I actually showed my daughter her journal yesterday and she was like fascinated she's like what you have Mm. what I was like yeah so if there's ever something that you want to add if you want to write a letter to yourself for when you're older you can do that if you want to write in Parker's you can no problem she's like oh Oh my God. I'm like, yeah, I have to go clean. Like I, I can't sit. I, I could easily spend an hour on this with you, but we're going to put it away. And if you, you know, so it's now it's a, it's a collaborative thing, which is nice. But I, I sat down and I wrote in her journal after going like, this is one of the last times and I love you so much. And you know, like let them, <laughs> let, let the baby know, like put right, write that down and say like, this was my experience because it's not often that we hear our mother's experiences of what we were like as, as babies, you know, they yeah. tell their, their funny baby stories. But even now, like as, as I'm a doula now, my mother is starting, starting to tell me her experiences of yeah. going to the hospital and labor and being sent oh, home because right. she was too early. And she says, she said, I was at home in disgrace. Like it's horrible, you know? And wow. And so, wow. And, yeah. Because it she had gone fr- to, la- Sorry, to labor. She had gone into labor and got to the hospital and they're like, no, you're, you're not in advanced enough labor and you have to go home now. And she says, I was sent home in disgrace. Right, right, right. You know, she remembers so, that. Yeah. So, so, you know, to, to write it down, especially those good moments, you know, like, yeah, I feel like documenting today. Cause last night I went to town and I popped popcorn in a pot, like old school styles, mm-hmm. which is my favorite type of popcorn. Nice. And I haven't done that. I haven't done that since Sparrow's been born. Like I just haven't taken that time because he was with his dad. I'm like, I'm going to make popcorn and all this stuff. Sorry. 